0: 2 Samuel chapter 13 In the course of time, Amnon son of David fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Amnon became obsessed with his sister Tamar, that he made himself ill. She was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now Amnon had an advisor named Jonadab, son of Shimia, David's brother. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon, Why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Go to bed and pretend to be ill, Jonadab said. When your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come to me and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight, so that I may watch her and then eat from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and make special bread in my sight, so that I may eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace, Go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made it a bread in his sight and baked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food here into my bedroom so that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. But when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come to bed with me, my sister. No, my brother, she said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? Would you be like one of those wicked fools in Israel? You would be like. Sorry, you would be. You would be like one of those wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with an intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. No, she said to him, sending me away would be a greater wrong than you have already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of my sight, bolt the door after her. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. She was wearing an ornate robe, for this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the ornate robe she was wearing. She put her hands on her head and went away, weeping aloud as she went. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has that Ammonon, your brother, been with you? Be quiet for now, my sister. He is your brother. Don't take this thing to heart. And Tamar lived in her brother Absalom's house, a desolate woman. When King David heard all of this he was furious and Absalom never said a word to Amnon either good or bad. He hated Amnon because he had disgraced his sister Tamar. Two years later when Absalom's sheep shearers were at Baal Hazor near the border of Ephraim he invited all the king's sons to come there. Absalom went to the king and said your servant has shearers come. Will the king and his attendants please join me? No, my son, the king replied. All of us should not go. We would only be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he still refused to go, but gave him his blessing. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Ammonon come with us. The king asked him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he sent with him Ammonon and the rest of the king's sons. Absalom ordered his men, Listen, When Ammonon is in high spirits from drinking wine, I say to you, Strike Ammonon down, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Haven't I given you this order? Be strong and brave. So Absalom's men did to Ammonon what Absalom had ordered. Then all the king's sons got up, mounted their mules and fled. When they were on their way, the report came to David. Absalom has struck down all the king's sons. Not one of them is left. The king stood up, tore his clothes, and lay down on the ground, and all his attendants stood by with their clothes torn. But Jonadab's son of Shimea, David's brother, said, My lord should not think that they killed all the princes. Only Ammonon is dead. This has been Absalom's express intention ever since the day Ammonon raped his sister Tamar. My lord the king should not be concerned about the report that all the king's sons are dead only Amnon is dead. Meanwhile, Absalom had fled. Now the man standing watch looked up and saw many people on the road west of him, coming down the side of the hill. The watchman went and told the king, I see men in the direction of Horonam, on the side of the hill. Donadab said to the king, See, the king's sons have come. It has happened just as your servant has said. As he finished speaking, the king's son came in, wailing loudly. The king too, and all his attendants, wept very bitterly. Absalom fled and went to Tamai, the son of Ammihud, the king of Jeshur. But the king David mourned many days for his son. After Absalom fled and went to Jeshur, he stayed there three years. And the king David longed to go to Absalom, for he was consoled concerning Amnon's death. Chapter 14 Joab, son of Zeruiah, knew that the king's heart longed for Absalom. So Joab said someone to Tikawa and had a wise woman brought from there. He said to her, Pretend you are in mourning. Dress in mourning clothes and don't use any cosmetic lotions. Act as a woman who has spent many days grieving for the dead. Then go to the king and speak these words to him. And Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman from Tekoa went to the king, she fell to her face on the ground to pay him honour. And she said, Help me, your majesty. The king asked her, What is troubling you? She said, I am a widow. My husband is dead. I, your servant, had two sons. They got into a fight with each other on the field, and no one was there to separate them. One struck the other and killed him. Now the whole clan had risen up against your servant. They say, Hand over the one who struck his brother down, so that we may put him to death for the life of his brother whom he killed. Then we will get rid of the heir as well. They will put out the only burning coal I have left, leaving my husband, neither name nor descendant, on the face of the earth. The king said to the woman, Go home, and I will issue an order on your behalf. But the woman from Tekoa said to him, Let my lord the king pardon me and my family, and let the king and his throne be without guilt. The king replied, If anyone says anything to you, bring them to me, and they will not bother you again. Then she said, Let the king invoke the lord his god to prevent the avenger of blood from adding to the destruction, so that my son will not be destroyed." As surely as the Lord lives, he said, not one hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Let your servant speak a word to my lord, the king. Speak, he replied. The woman said, Why then have you devised the thing that is against the people of God? When the king says this, does he not convict himself? For the king has not brought back his banished son. Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But that is not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so that banished persons do not remain banished from him. And now I have come to say this to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I will speak to the king, perhaps he will grant his servants request perhaps the king will agree to deliver his servant from the hand of the man who is trying to cut off both me and my son from the God's inheritance. And now your servant says, May the word of the Lord the King secure my inheritance, for my Lord the King is like an angel of God in discerning good and evil. May the Lord your God be with you. Then the king said to the woman, Don't keep from me the answer to what I am going to ask you. Let my lord the king speak, the woman said. The king answered, Isn't the hand of Joab with you in all this? The woman answered, As truly as you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or to the left from anything my lord the king says. Yes, it was your servant Joab who instructed me to do this and to put all these words into the mouth of your servant." Your servant Joab did this to change the present situation. My lord has wisdom like that of an angel of God. He knows everything that happens in the land. The king said to Joab, Very well, I will do it. Go, bring back the young man, Absalom. Joab fell with his face to the ground to pay honour, and he blessed the king. Joab said, Today your servant knows that he has found favour in your eyes. My lord the king, because the king has granted his servants' request. Then Joab went to Jeshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, He must go to his own house. He must not see my face. So Absalom went to his own house and did not see the face of the king. In all Israel there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was no blemish on him. Whenever he cut the hair of his head he used to cut his hair once a year because it became too heavy for him. He would weigh it and its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. Three sons and a daughter were born to Absalom. His daughter's name was Tamar and she became a beautiful woman. Absalom lived two years in Jerusalem without seeing the king's face. Then Absalom sent for Joab in order to send him to the king, but Joab refused to come to him. So he sent a second time, but he refused to come. And then he said to his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he's barely there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab did go to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? Absalom said to Joab, Look, I send word to you and said Come here so I can send you to the king to ask, Why have I come to Jeshua? It would be better for me if I was still there. Now then I want to see the king's face, and if I am guilty of anything, let him put me to death. So Joab went to the king and told him this. Then the king summoned Absalom, and he came and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Chapter Fifteen. In the course of time, Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and fifty men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out to him, What town are you from? He would answer, Your servant is from of one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your claims are valid and proper, but there is no representative for the king to hear you. And Absalom would add, If only I were appointed to judge in the land, then everyone who has a complaint or a case could come to me and I would see that they received justice. Also, whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Absalom behaved In this way, towards all the Israelites who came to the king, asking for justice. And so he stole the hearts of the people of Israel. At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron and fulfill a vow I made to the king. While your servant was living at Jeshua in Aram, I made this vow. If the Lord takes me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. The king said to him, Go in peace so he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent secret messengers throughout the tribes of Israel to say, As soon as you he hear the sound of the trumpets, then say, Absalom is king in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem had accompanied Absalom. They had been invited as guests and went quite innocently, knowing nothing about the matter. While Absalom was offering sacrifices, he also sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counsellor, to come to Giho, his hometown. And so the conspiracy gained strength, and Absalom's following kept on increasing. A messenger came and told David, The hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee, or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately, or he will move quickly to overtake us, and bring ruin on us, and put the city to the sword. The king's officials answered him, Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king chooses. The king set out, with his entire household following him, but he left ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out, with all the people following him, and they halted at the edge of the city. All his men marched past him, along with all the Kerithites and the Pelathites, All the six hundred Gittites, who accompanied him from Gath, marched before the king. The king said to Ittai, the Gittite, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with the king Absalom. You are a foreigner, an exile from your homeland. And today shall I make you wander about with us, when I do not know where I am going?' Go back and take your people with you. May the Lord show you kindness and faithfulness. But Ittai replied to the king, As surely as the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there will your servant be. David said to Ittai, Go ahead, march on. So Ittai the Gittite marched on with all his men and the families that were with him. The whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved on towards the wilderness. Zadok was there too, and all the Levites who were with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God, and then Abathar offered sacrifices until all the people had finished leaving the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Take the ark of God back into the city. If I find favour in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and let me see it and his dwelling place again. But if he says, I am not pleased with you, then I am ready. Let him do to me whatever seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok, the priest, Do you understand? Go back to the city with my blessing. Take your son Ahimaaz with you, and also Abitha's son Jonathan. You and Abitha return with your two sons. I will wait at the fords in the wilderness until the word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abitha took the ark of God back to Jerusalem and stayed there. But David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads too and were weeping as they went up. Now David had been told, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed, Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. When David arrived at the summit where people used to worship God, Hushai the Archite was there to meet him, his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, Your majesty, I will be your servant. I was your father's servant in the past, but now I will be your servant. Then you can help me by frustrating Ahithophel's advice. Won't the priests, Zadok and Abathar, be there with you? Tell them anything you hear in the king's palace. Their two sons, Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, and Jonathan, son of Abathar, are there with them. Send them to me with anything you hear. So Hushai, David's confidant, arrived at Jerusalem as Absalom was entering the city. Chapter 16 When David had gone a short distance beyond the summit, there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth, waiting to meet him. He had a string of donkeys, saddled and loaded with two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred cakes of raisins, a hundred cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. The king asked Ziba, Why have you bought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and fruit are for the men to eat, and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the wilderness. The king then asked, Where is your master's grandson? Ziba said to him, He is staying in Jerusalem, because he thinks, Today the Israelites will restore to me my grandfather's kingdom. The king said to Ziba, All that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said. May I find favour in your eyes, my lord the king. As King David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimi, son of Gerah. And he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones. Though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. As he cursed, Shimei said, Get out. Get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a murderer. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. But the king said, Why does this have to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? For he is cursing because the lord said to him, Curse David. Who can ask, why do you do this? Then David said to Abishai and all his officials, my son, my own flesh and blood, is trying to kill me. How much more then, this Benjaminite? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. So David and his men continued along the road while Shimmai was going along the hillside opposite him. Cursing as he went and throwing stones at him, showering him with dirt. The king and all his people with him arrived at their destination exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. Meanwhile, Absalom and the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. Then Hushai, the archite, David's confidant, went to Absalom and said to him, Long live the king. Long live the king. Absalom said to Hushai, So this is the love you showed to your friend. If he is your friend, why didn't you go with him? Hushai said to Absalom, No, the one chosen by the Lord and by all the men of Israel, his I will be, and I will remain with him. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve the son? Just as I served your father, so I will serve you. Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give us your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel answered, Sleep with your father's concubines, whom he has left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself obnoxious to your father, and the hands of everyone with you will be more resolute. So they pitched a tent for Absalom in the roof, and he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. Now in those days... The advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all Ahithophel's advice. Chapter 17 Ahithophel said to Absalom, I would choose twelve thousand men and set up tonight in pursuit of David. I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror, and then all the people with him will flee. I would strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all. All the people will be unharmed. This plan seemed good to Absalom, and to all the elders of Israel. But Absalom said, summon also Hushai the Archite, so we can hear what he has to say as well. When Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given his advice. Should we do what he says? If not, "'Give us your opinion.' "'Hushai replied to Absalom. "'The advice Ahithophel has given is not good this time. "'You know your father and his men. "'They are fighters, "'and are as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. "'Besides, your father is an experienced fighter. "'He will not spend the night with the troops. "'Even now he is hidden in a cave or in some other place. "'If he should attack your troops first. Whoever hears about it will say, There has been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Then even the bravest soldier, whose heart is like of a lion, will melt with fear. For all Israel knows that your father is a fighter, and those with him are brave. So I advise you, let all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, as numerous as the sands on the seashore, be gathered to you with you yourself leading them into battle. Then we will attack him wherever he may be found, and we will fall on him as dew settles on the ground. Neither he or any of his men will be left alive. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we will drag it down the valley until not as much as a pebble is left. Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than that of Ahithophel, for the Lord has determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster onto Absalom. Hushai told Zadok and Abathar the priest, Ahithophel has advised Absalom and the elders of Israel to do such and such, but I have advised them to do so and so. Now send a message at once and tell David, Do not spend the night at the fords in the wilderness. Cross over without fail, or the king and all the people with him will be swallowed up. Jonathan and Ahimaaz were staying at Enrogel. A female servant was to go and inform them, and they were to go and tell the king David, for they could not risk being seen entering the city. But a young man saw them and told Absalom, So the two of them left at once and went to the house of a man in Bahurim. He had a well in his courtyard, and they climbed down into it. His wife took a covering and spread it out over the opening of the well, and scattered corn over it. No one knew anything about it. When Absalom's men came to the women in the house, they asked, Where is Ahimaaz and Jonathan? The women answered, They crossed over the brook. The men searched but found no one, so they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, the two climbed out of the well and went to inform the king David. And they said to him, Set out and cross the river at once. Ahithophel has advised such and such against you. So David and all the people with him set out and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, no one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in place of Joab. Amasa was the son of Jether, an Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, and the sister of Zeruiah, the mother of Joab. The Israelites and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobai, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Makir, son of Amiel, from Lodabah, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Rojalim, brought bedding and bowls and articles of pottery. They also brought wheat and barley, flour, roasted grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds, sheep, and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said, The people have become exhausted and hungry and thirsty in the wilderness. David mustered the men who were with him and appointed over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. David sent out his troops, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother. Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, the third under Ittai, the Gittite, the king told the troops, I myself will surely march out with you. But the men said, you must not go out. If we are forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, they won't care. But you are worth 10,000 of us. It would be better now for you to give us support from the city. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate, while all his men marched in units of hundreds and of thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, Be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. And all the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. David's army marched out of the city to fight Israel, and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. Then Israel's troops were routed by David's men, and the casualties that day were great. 20,000 men. The battle spread out over the whole countryside and the forest swallowed up more men that day than the sword. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's hair got caught on the tree. He was left hanging in midair while the mule he was riding kept going. When one of the men saw what had happened, he told Joab, I have just seen Absalom hanging on an oak tree. Joab said to her, the men who had told him this, "'What? You saw him? "'Why did you not strike him to the ground right there? "'Then I would have had to give you ten shekels of silver "'and a warrior's belt.' "'But the man replied, "'Even if a thousand shekels were weighed into my hands, "'I would not lay a hand on the king's son. "'In our hearing, the king commanded you "'and Abishai and Ittite, "'protect the young man Absalom for my sake. "'And if I had put my life in jeopardy "'and nothing is hidden from the king,' you would have kept your distance from me. Joab said, I'm not going to wait like this for you. So he took three javelins in his hand and plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still alive in the oak tree. Then 10 of Joab's armored bearers surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then Joab sounded the trumpet and the troops stopped pursuing Israel for Joab halted them. They took Absalom, threw him into a big pit in the forest, and piled up a large heap of rocks over him. Meanwhile, all the Israelites fled to their homes. During his life, Absalom had taken a pillar and erected it in the king's valley as a monument to himself. For he thought, I have no son to carry the memory of my name. He named the pillar after himself, and it is called Absalom's Monument to this day. Now Ahima's son of Zadok, said, Let me run and take the news to the king that the Lord has vindicated him by delivering him from the hand of his enemies. If you are not the one to take the news today, Joab told him, you may take the news another time, but you must not do so today, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed down before Joab and ran off. Ahimaz, son of Zadok, again said to Joab, Come what may, please let me run behind the Cushite." But Joab replied, My son, why do you want to go? You don't have any news that will bring you a reward, he said. Come what may, I want to run. So Joab said, Run. Then Ahimaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. When David was sitting between the inner and outer gates, the watchman went up to the roof, the gateway by the wall. As he looked out, he saw a man running alone. The watchman called out to the king and reported it. The king said, If he is alone, he must have good news. And the runner came closer and closer. Then the watchman saw another runner, and he called down to the gatekeeper, Look, another man running alone. The king said, He must be bringing good news too. The watchman said, It seems to me that the first one runs like Ahimaz, son of Zadok. He is a good man, the king said. He comes with good news. Then Ahimaz called out to the king. All is well. He bowed down before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise be to the Lord your God. He has delivered up those who lifted their hands against my lord the king. The king answered, Is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimaz answered, I saw a great confusion just as Joab was about to send the king's servant, and me, your servant, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. Then the Cushite arrived, saying, My lord, the king, hear the good news. The lord has vindicated you today by delivering you from the hand of all those who rose up against you. The king asked the kushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. As he went, he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. O Absalom, my son, my son.